Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right, man. How's everybody doing? Anybody have some turkey on Thanksgiving? Feel all turkeyed out and uh, feeling good? I hope so. I hope you guys are... Are, uh, are feeling good, excited. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be with you guys, man. And uh, it's, it's great to see on the week after Thanksgiving uh, a great turnout at church in the 1035 service. Thank you guys so much for being here. Give yourselves a round of applause for coming to church today. Come on. You're like, I don't want to clap for myself. I want you to clap for yourself. It helps me. I don't know why. Hey, so we're in a, a sermon series we've been in for the last three weeks, and this is the fourth week, final week. In this sermon series called Return to Sender, it's a, a, a financial series, a stewardship series, and uh, we talk four weeks, yeah, four weeks about money. And why do we talk about money so much? Well, because money is a big part of your life. Jesus talked a lot about it, like the second or third most thing that he ever talked about, he talked about money. Why? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's what the scripture says. That's what the word says. So we, we know that and we, we look at that and we consider that in everything that we do. Man, and uh, I just, I, I feel like that it's important that you cover this. We cover this because here's, here's the thing. It's part of discipleship because it's, it says who you follow. It says who's on the throne of your life. And if we are a church that believes in discipling people and helping them to come into a, a, a deeper knowledge and a, a stronger relationship with Jesus, then discipleship is important and stewardship then is important as well. So there's a verse that, uh, amen, thank you for that one amen that was there. This will be a nervous sermon. I mean, it, it made me nervous in the first sermon service and, and uh, I, like I labored over this message I literally, not because I didn't have the, 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 the information, I labored over this message because it's just such a heavy topic, and, uh, and we're going to get into the, the tithe today, and, and it creates in me this, this spirit of like, I don't know, um, heaviness. I woke up at like four something this morning and uh, just could not go back to sleep because I was thinking about you guys and praying for this message and rereading through the scripture that I'm going to be teaching on today. So that's just where I am. Before I go to our primary text, though, this is a key verse, and, and this is what it is. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, Paul quotes Jesus when he says in Acts 20, verse 35, it's more blessed to give than to receive. How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that? It's more blessed to give than to receive. So I think that that's something that if Jesus said that, then that's something that we ought to live by. There's a guy walking up on stage, and he looks bigger than me. I don't know what, what, what he's doing, but this is Javier, so I know who it is. Javier, what are you doing? You're giving me money? $100. $100. Javier. Come on, let's give Javier a round of applause. 100 bucks, and I can do whatever I want with it. I can spend it on anything I want. That's right. Javier, man, I want to thank you for your generosity. For blessing me, I'm just going to put this in my pocket. No, I'm not going to put it in my pocket. But I want to thank you for, for literally living in. We talked a couple weeks ago about the boundary of blessing. And Javier, you and Christy have always lived inside that boundary of blessing. You've experienced the favor of God. You give uh, to the church. You're the Hope Center director. Man, in the ways that you uh, are faithful to God, I pray that God will continue to be faithful and bless you in amazing ways. Come on, let's give Javier a round of applause. You can go on down. 
Javier, stop, stop for just a second. I, I don't know if I can do this quite like that. Let me, let me, there's a little bit of theatrics in this for just a second. Do you know Javier brought this money up, right? He was kind of set up a little bit. Let me just be honest. He was set up a little bit. Um, do you know why Javier gave me this hundred dollars? I'll tell you why. Because before the service, before church, I gave it to him. <laughs> so you are a generous man. Come on back up here, man. Give him a round of applause anyway. You are a generous man. Just not with this $100, because you, you actually just returned it. You know what I'm saying? I, I gave it to you this morning, and you gave it back to me. But I'm still, I'm still thankful for you. I want you to hold it. I want you to do something with it. So, so we don't only want you, we don't only want the blessing uh, to, to come to you. We want the blessing to go through you. And uh, we, want, we want to talk about this idea of being not just a reservoir, but a river. And so, Javier, that was where the theatrics stopped, is when I gave you the money this morning, and then you came up here, and we did the whole thing, and there's a lot of truth to everything that I said about you, but now that $100 I'm giving back to you, and I want, you to, I want, I want God to do something through you, not just to you. So I want you to find somebody in the room, and, and this is where we don't even know who it is, maybe God's already put that person on your heart, but I want you to find somebody in the room and, and be able to bless them with that $100. Would you do that right now? Amen. Awesome. Come on, let's give God praise. God bless you. God bless you, my sister. Thank you, Javier. Listen, I want to I back up a little bit further than even me giving it to Javier because it really wasn't even me giving it to my sister. It wasn't Javier giving it to, to her. It wasn't me giving it to Javier. Guess what? If you give to Renew Church because I pulled this money through Renew Church. I asked Renew Church to, to forward this and fund this, this uh, little object illustration. If you give to Renew Church, then you helped us bless the lady in the first service and then this, my dear sister, in the second service. God bless you. I want you to be a river, not a reservoir. I want you to experience everything that God has in store for you. Um, because that is, uh, that's exactly what happens. When you give, uh, the coolest part is, is, is you're, you're doing things like helping launch Hope Centers and give away backpacks and turkeys and toys for Christmas and anything and everything else that we do. God not only, not only wants to get it to you, but He wants to get it through you. Today I want to take you to the Old Testament. I want to take you to the last book in the Old Testament. It's the book of Malachi. Malachi was the final prophet of the Old Testament. In the city of Jerusalem, the temple had been rebuilt for almost a century, but the people had become complacent in their worship of God. After Malachi came, uh, 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 there was a time when there was no word from the Lord. It, literally from, from Malachi, if you open in your Bible the Old Testament, it's the very last book in the Old Testament. From, from Malachi to Matthew, it's like a blank sheet of paper. You've seen that Old Testament, New Testament? That blank sheet of paper represents 400 years. That, that season, that period of time was 400 years where there was no prophet of God. There was no word that came in that time. And then what was birthed next was the, the, the Jewish faith being led by priests, Pharisees, Sadducees, 
and teachers of the religious law known as scribes. This governing high council, together they would uh, make up what was known as the Sanhedrin. And it was like a religious supreme court. So the Jews no longer would worship in the temple in Jerusalem, but instead in dozens of synagogues scattered throughout the towns and the villages. But in this season, there was literally no prophet of God, no prophetic voice for this 400 years. It was silent. How many of you, you have kids? Raise your hand if you have kids. Just raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out. Okay, thank you. If you have kids, you know that when you tell your kids something and it's the last thing they, you say to them before they leave, it's usually important, right? Or if it's right before you go to bed, it's usually important, right? Or before you drop them off at school, it's usually important. Those last words are important. Well, this is the last word in the Old Testament, Malachi. And this has got to be more important than sometimes we give it credit for. Sometimes we think, oh, well, it doesn't really apply to me. Well, does the, the New Testament apply to you? Does Romans apply to you? Because it was really written to the Romans, and you love, and we love to quote the Gospel, and we love to quote Romans 3.23 and 6.23 and 5.8 and all these verses, but it wasn't really written to you. It was written to the Romans. Malachi was written to the Jewish people, but it's God's Word for us. I believe it with all of my heart, and I want this for you. You see, there was this 400 years, and then Jesus was born. We celebrate that for the next several weeks. We celebrate not only the birth of Christ, but the return, the advent of Christ, which is Him coming back. But in this period, I believe much of what happens happens because of the disobedience of God's people. Malachi, the prophet of God, he brings this strong word against them. But he starts the word, if you were to read this week, and I encourage you to check out Malachi 1-4 through this week. If, if you would, and, and here's the thing, I'm going to give you a little uh, cue. There's a, there's a YouTube channel. It's called Bible Project. Bible Project. You should write that down. Bible Project and then any Bible book you want. Man, these guys, they do like comic book type um, commentaries on it. Really, really good. Watch the Bible, Bible Project on Malachi on this, and this will give you a good overview on, on what it is. But here's what he says. In the beginning, Malachi brings this strong word against the people of God, starting with the affirmation that I have loved you, but you have not honored me. I have chosen you, but you have defied my altar. And he then goes on to talk about these covenants that were broken with the people of God and between God and his people. Here's what it says in, in chapter 1, Malachi chapter 1, starting at verse 6. It is you priests who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? By offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you offer lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Now plead with God to be gracious to us. With such offerings from your hands, will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty. Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hands. Man, can you imagine that? Malachi chapter 2, verse chapters 2 through 4, go on to speak on how these Jewish people have broken covenant through blemish sacrifice, through divorce, through injustice, and through withholding the tithe. And this is where we wrap up the series with the word from Malachi to the people in Jerusalem in Malachi chapter 3 with the final challenge 
to change what they've been doing and return to God. I, wanna, I want you to think about Malachi chapter 1, what we just read for just a minute. What if God said that to us after an amazing worship service led by our amazing worship team and, and everything that, that happened in that first few minutes of the service? What if God stood up here and said, I just wish you would ch- shut this church down. I wish you'd close the doors. I wish you'd just you know, put this property up for sale. Because what you're doing is not pleasing to me. That, that's the same, that's the, the analogy that I'm getting with Malachi and the people of God. Because I'm not pleased with you. Let's, let's go to Malachi chapter 3. And again, you can read chapters 2 and the first part of 3 to see some of the other injustices and, and the broken covenants. But I want to take you to the, the, the broken covenant of the tithe in Malachi 3 verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Verse 11, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land says the Lord Almighty. I want to highlight a couple of things. First of all, in there in verse 6, he says, I am the Lord and I do not change. This, as we mentioned earlier, is the immutability of God. You see, if God changed, that would mean that he had something that he needed to change. But he was, and he is, and he always will be perfect. He doesn't need to change. The other thing about this and the reason why God can't change is because he's, uh, change is chronological, right? Change happens over time. We get older. We, we start feeling better. Or we get stronger. These things, change happens over time. But God exists outside of the constraints of time. And because of that, it's impossible for God to change. But we change. We change. And God tells us people to change. He says, repent, or he doesn't use the word repent. He says, return. But that's this turning. That's what repentance means. He says, return to me. And he's saying to them, well, how do we return? Answer, by bringing the tithe into the storehouse. By bringing the tithe into the storehouse, the conclusion of the prophecy and the ultimate ending of the Old Testament, like the final words, second to last chapter of the entire Old Testament, is, hey, stop breaking covenant. Stop dishonoring me. Stop robbing me. Stop robbing yourself of the blessing that I have for you. Your nation is under a curse. And then there's 400 years of silence. What if I dismissed here and now, and this was the benediction, and then I said, I'll see you in 20, I don't even know how to say that, 24, 23. Is that the year we're in? 2023, 24, 23, right? What if that's the case? A 400 year dismissal. But here's where we're at. 
I want you to get, if you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, I hope that you wrote down Bible Project, I hope that you're thinking about what it is that God wants to say and do in your life in this message. Here's the three parts. Number one, the challenge. This is the challenge. Verse 6 of Malachi 3 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. The challenge is, is to bring the tithe into the storehouse. Storehouse was simply the treasury of the temple. In modern terms, this would be the local church. That's called storehouse tithing. That there may be food in my house. Food is a provision, the spiritual and physical needs of the local church. And it was much different at that time than it is today. But all the while, the tithe is the same. And here's the thing. He's talking about tithe. And I, I think tithe is more personal to Jesus than we think it is. Because the bride of Christ... Anybody know who the bride of Christ is? The church. The church is the bride of Christ. And he says he's coming back for his bride. Well, guess what? My bride, I'm going to take care of her. My Misty, my wife, 22 years, I'm going to take care of her. She's going to always have. Why? Because I'm her husband and I'm going to take care of her. So the tithe, he's, he's saying, you've got to take care of my bride. And how do you do that? By providing the tithe. Here's some of the statistics at Renew Church. Here's some of the things that I just want to share with you that our finance team helped me kind of put together just to, just to kind of make you aware of, of where we are as a church. And I don't say these things, as I said in the very first week of the message, I don't say these things because I need it. It's not for me. But it, it's because I, I, I want something for you more than I want something from you. I want you to experience the blessing of God. But here's what the statistics are according to um, our finance team that provided me this report. 50% of the people that consider Renew Church their church home, that, that have considered Renew Church their church home and have given with an envelope or online to where their name is actually attached to it, not just cash, but they've actually given in the year 2020, 20, 2022, 50% of them have given less than $100 in the year, $9, $10 a, a month, somewhere in there, 50%. Hundred and, that's 181 households that have given to Renew in 2022. And, and I say households loosely because sometimes there's two different people. Maybe there's a child in the house and they give. My daughter tithes. Both of my daughters actually tithe. So, so that might be a, not the most accurate of numbers. But 181, I guess you could call them units or giving, you know, uh, families. Of the 181, 12% of those actually tithe based on a minimum government wage. So in other words, it's not like Renewed Church is like searching records to try to calculate how much a person's making or finding out who a person is and how much money they make. But based on a minimum government wage of the 181 households, 12% of them actually tithe based on a minimum government wage. The other 88% give an average of $36 per month, which is about 2% of your income if you make a minimum government wage, or it's less than 1% if you make the median household income in Miami, which is like $44,000. Does that make sense? Are you, are you tracking with me on some of these statistics? I just want you to understand this, that that's, that's where we are on this. I don't say this lightly, but I, I say this just to make you aware on where we are and, and where the hearts of the people are, because where your treasure is, there your heart 
will be also. But what if everybody tithed? If the other 156 households began to tithe, think about the ministry that we could do. The staff we could bring on, the backpacks we could give away, the meals we could provide, the hope centers we could fund, the dream center we could launch. You haven't even heard of that yet. The churches we could plant, the impact we could have on our city. Again, not for me. I'm not talking about for me. But think about the ministry we could do if just the people that call Renew Church home and give to Renew Church tithe. Think about the impact we would have. Instead of 1% based on the median household income, and I know many of you, your, your income's much higher than $44,000 a year. But think of the impact that we could, could have. So the challenge is, is to bring the tithe into the storehouse. That's the challenge. Second part is the test. Malachi says, and test me now in this and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven. Everybody knows about tests, right? If you're a teacher, you know about tests. If you're a, a, a student, you know about tests. If you've been to school, everybody knows about tests. You've got to take a test to do Taekwondo. Everything is about tests, right? It's what moves you from this level to this level. It's what takes you from yellow belt to, to black belt. All of these things happen through a test. Test. Tests take you to another level. And nobody wants to stay the white belt. How do you do it? You take the test. If you want to go to the level, you take the test. But I think it's a two-way test. I think it's, it's not just um, a test where... Here's, here's the first way I think it's a test. I think it's a test because it's a test where you are saying, can you truly trust God? Can you trust God? You sing that He's faithful, but can you truly trust Him in this? to take care of you, and can you trust Him to be who He says He is, that He is faithful? Can you trust God? Number, the second part of this is, the second test is, can God trust you? Can God trust you to honor Him with the tithe? It's, can you trust God? This is part one of the test, and part two is, is can God trust you? And I believe this will change your life, your marriage, your finances, your children, your grandchildren, your future, your legacy, if you take this test, if you begin to trust God, and if God can trust you. So this is a challenge. Bring the tithe into the storehouse. This is the test. Test me in this and see. It's the only place in Scripture where the, the Word says to test God. And then the third part is the blessing. And he says, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be enough to receive it. Another translation says that I will not open the floodgates of heaven, pour out for you such blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. I opened the message with the illustration of being a river and my brother Javier came up and we talked about that, not being, not just uh, God getting something to you, but God getting something through you. You're, you can't just be a river, you've got to be a, you can't just be a reservoir, you've got to be a river. You've got to allow the blessing of God to flow through you. And I think that's what Malachi 3 verse 10 is all about, that the blessing will be so great that you can't even hold it all and it'll flow through you, out of you and beyond you because there's just no way you can hold it. And even if you could, you wouldn't want to because it's just so much better to give than to receive. Somebody say amen. Amen. amen.
You see, because God can do more with your 90% blessed than you can do with your 100% that's cursed. Amen. Remember we talked about it, I think it was week three? In, in one place, he calls it the consecrated. And in the next, Exodus 13, Exodus 25, those scriptures, he calls it consecrated when he says, do this. And, and then when they don't do it, he calls it cursed. It's the same animals. It's the same stuff. It's, but it's because of the way you, you held it out. Malachi, the prophet of God, was speaking to them about the same exact thing. You're bringing me these blemished sacrifices. You're bringing me that, that less than what I'm asking of you. And yet you want God's blessing on your life. I can't. It's outside of the boundary of blessing. Now, we're not talking about grace. I've told you that in week one. I think it's week one. I get my date weeks, weeks mixed up. But, but we're not talking about grace. This isn't a heaven and hell issue. This isn't a salvation issue. But we're talking about the favor of God. And I want you, with all of my heart, to experience the blessing and the favor of God. But what if this isn't for you? Put this to the test. What have you got to lose? Come on up, guys. What have you got to lose? You see, God is looking at priority. In the finances, hold on one second, just stay right there. Finances, your finances follow what you prioritize. So he says to test me with the tithe. And the result is the heavens open with blessing. So now I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't challenge you to test God. So at this moment, with you guys... Uh, are, are you helping me with this? Who's helping me with this? Oh, okay. Come on up, Maria. Um, what I'm going to ask you guys to do is just, if they're couples and you just give it to one, if it's an individual, whatever, but hand them out this uh, return to sender form. I want everybody to get one. Make sure everybody gets a card throughout the room. Because in my heart, man, I feel like this is, this is uh, really about priority. In my heart, really, it's about your heart. It's, it's about where your heart is in this. And I feel like if I don't give you this opportunity, if I, don't, if I don't give you a chance to respond to this in this way, and only you can decide if this is something you're going to respond to, and maybe it's going to be a matter of prayer, maybe a, a time in your life that you're going, to, uh, you're going to give it some time, and then you're going to think about it, and you're going to come back and, and do it. But what better time than right now just to say, God, I trust you with this. So you have what you what we're calling the, the God's guarantee. We did this last year and um, uh, we're going to do it again this year. If you didn't get one and you need one, just raise your hand and Usher will, will bring this to you. But here's what it says. I want you to read this with me on the, on the back. It says, realizing God's promise in Malachi 3, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I accept God's guarantee with the following commitments, my promises. Number one, I will tithe my income for the next 90 days to this church, the local storehouse. Number two, I will pray and I will trust God for his blessings in my life to be multiplied so that I will recognize them. That's important. So you tithe, but then you pray for God's blessing on your life because you're asking God to bless what you've given in uh, faith to him. Number three, I will inform my pastor in writing or verbally as God blesses me and or my family. So here's the, here's the part where I begin to walk with you in this. If you decided to do this, I walk with you through the whole season, the 90 days. I'll send you emails. I'll make a phone call with you. I just want to walk with you in this. 
and help you and encourage you. And when you're down, when you're struggling, when you need help, whatever the case, I just want to be able to encourage you in this. But when God blesses you, I want to hear from you. I want, to, I want you to, to respond and let me know this. That's the third part. So tithe, pray, inform your pastor in writing or verbally as God blesses you, and then uh, you will give through check, text, envelope, online giving, or auto withdraw in order to ensure an accurate record. In other words, here's the point. You can't say, oh, pastor, I put in, you know, like $20,000 in small bills. Can't do that. It, it just won't work for the, for the case of this God's guarantee. And, and here's the second part of it. So that's your promise. That's, that's what you'll do. Here's God's guarantee. I will throw open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. And here's the second part. This is a 90-day challenge. Here's the second part. I want you to read that, number two, with me. If God does not bless you in a way that you recognize in the next 90 days, over the next three months, your giving during that 90 days will be cheerfully, and let me also add, confidentially, be cheerfully and confidentially refunded to you. In other words, this isn't between anybody else, but if you reach out to me, then I'll have someone on our finance committee, so I guess there is the finance committee, and they will write a check back to you for the full amount that you've given. If you accept the challenge, if you put God to the test, and He does not bless you, you give $1,000 a month because you make a lot of money. Do the math on that, right? Over the next three months, you give $3,000. In 90 days, Renew Church will write a check directly back to you. No questions asked, no argument for $3,000. Right back. I, what's the point? I want you to experience the blessing of God. I want you to accept the challenge that we believe is in Scripture. I want you to put God to the test, and I want Him to be able to test you as well. And I want you to experience the blessing of God in your life. As I said, if you do this, I'll, I'll walk with you. I'll be in touch with you this week. In fact, probably tomorrow or Tuesday if you fill out this thing. Oh, so there's like a little card here, right? So this is a tear-off. So what you'll do is on your way out, you'll just um, you'll drop this in the offering buckets that the ushers will be holding or in the box on your way out. And just give me the name, address, phone, email. Put the date on it so, so that you know we validate and verify what day you started it because some might start it next week. But if you do it for the 90 days then I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to try to help you answer any questions you may have. Pray with you through this for whatever it is that you need. I truly believe in this. I believe in this so much. I mean, that's, that's why we're here. That's why we're tithers. My wife and I have been tithers. But you know, this sermon series challenged me last year because we did it last year. And this sermon series challenged me to, to step up my tithe. What do you mean step up your tithe? I thought the tithe is a tithe. It's 10%, right? Yeah. But I kind of was playing a little bit with the tithe. What do you mean, Trevor? Well, we tithed on the net and I have some rental properties and so it, I'm not saying it's terrible, it's, but, but I wanted God's blessing on the gross. <laughs> Amen. And so I went ahead and instead of, you know, netting out the, 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 the mortgage payment and the taxes and all of that, I tithed on the front end. 
before I paid the mortgage and before I paid the taxes and the insurance. And let me tell you, man, Misty and I took the challenge and we started just trusting God in this. And we found within like 45 days, we found money we didn't know we had in an old account, an old retirement account that we didn't even know had that kind of money in it. We received a pay increase last year. Our mortgage payment on our house decreased. How, do, how does mortgage payments go down? I know some of y'all that have recently bought houses, you're scratching your head, you're like, no, no, no. They all go up, you know? Ours went down. And my wife got this little part-time job that she loves, that, that basically the church is helping pay her for something that she loves to do and is able to do. That's our story. That's the blessing of God. Not to mention just the favor of God in so many other areas, non-monetary, but just the blessing of God in so many areas of our life. And that's what I want for you. Some of y'all are like, this guy, why would he talk about money like this? Because I want it for you. Because I've experienced it myself. Can I tell you something? Let me tell you a secret a pastor told me one time. If you're, if you're struggling in your heart with this, the only people that struggle with their heart with this is the people that don't give. It bothers you. The people that give, they're like, praise God, preach, pastor. Give them the word because it's changed my life. But those of you that are like, I don't think I'm ever coming back. Or at least I know I'm never coming back in November. You know? <laughs> I want it for you. I want it for you. And I want something from you. I want it for you. If you do it, it doesn't work. You don't receive the blessing of God. Write me a little note. Put it in a pigeon. You know, what, however you want to send me the message, and the check will come back to you in the, after the 90 days. My brother Mikey, he's got a little baby right there. He's pushing. We dedicated her to the Lord a couple weeks ago. He and Yandria say it's after their 90-day tithe challenge is when that, that, uh, that blessing came. They had been trying to have a baby for a couple of years. And that baby came, conceived, not, not long after that. The blessing of God is not always monetary, but it comes in different ways. And I want something for you more than I want something from you. Amen? Would you stand with me? Uh, the first step in every walk with God is not the money. It's surrender. And if you're in here and this is your first time or your 51st time and God's speaking to you about surrendering, maybe it's a, a sin, maybe it's something else. Maybe you've just never asked Jesus to be your Lord. I've talked to people that have told me, Pastor, I'm close. I'm close. That's why I give the invitation every week because I have people saying, I'm close, but I'm not there yet. So I give it every week because maybe this is your week. If this is your week, the first step is surrender to Jesus. This isn't the favor. This isn't finances. The finances are not heaven and hell. That's the principle. That, that's, that's the blessing of God. The grace of God came through Jesus Christ on the cross. So you can accept Jesus Christ. You can be forgiven and set free. And it has nothing to do with the amount of money that you put in an offering plate. Okay? You understand that? I want to make sure we're clear. 
But if you want to, if you want to experience the grace of God through His Son, Jesus, today can be the day of salvation. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes out of reverence for the room and those that are, that are here and making that decision? If God's speaking to you now, if God's calling you, if He's knocking on your door, you know, He's a gentleman. We talk about this sometimes. Jesus is a gentleman. He doesn't bust His way in. He knocks on your door and He waits for you to open the door and let Him in. If, if He's knocking on your door and today you want to let Him in, just lift your hand and say, Pastor, today I'm letting Jesus into my heart. If that's you, raise your hand. If that's you online, just say, Pastor, that's me. I'm letting Jesus into my heart. I'm opening the door. I see your hands over here on my left. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to invite the room, those that are followers of Jesus, to repeat this prayer along with these that have make, are making this decision today. Just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Make me brand new. Today, I declare you my Lord and my Savior. I thank you for dying for me. I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me just pray for you. God, I thank you again for every person in the room, and I thank you especially for these two hands that went up. Those that are online, that are making decisions, that are doing business with you, God. Those that are saying, I want to follow Jesus, that I'm surrendering my life. If that's you today, make sure that you tell somebody about it. Make sure that you start your next steps, that you get a Bible, that you get some, some information, and you're able to walk with somebody that's going to help you and disciple you. Maybe within the sound of my voice, maybe there's somebody in the room that's saying, you know what, the, the message was from me. And I have never surrendered it to God. I've, I've given a little bit to God. I've brought a little bit of a, a blemished offering to Him. But here and now, God, I know what you're asking of me. You're asking me to trust you. If that's you today, just say yes to Him. And your yes comes in the form of that little green sheet of paper. When Mikey tells you to sit down, you fill that paper out and you drop that in a bucket on your way out. You put it in a box on your way out and you say yes to Jesus and let me walk with you on this journey together to experience the blessing that we have experienced. God, I thank you so much for this room. I thank you for this church. Thank you for what you've done in them. God, I just pray that you to honor this next season, God, this next 90 days and all that we're trying to do for your kingdom, for your glory, for your honor. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's sing together.
some praise this morning in this place. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you all again for joining us this morning here at Renew Church. My name is Pastor Mikey. Uh, man, what an amazing way to, to end off this series. And something that, that Pastor Trevor likes to talk about us in, in leadership is, is having just this culture of, of honor of honoring each other and, 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 and loving each other. And so, man, my brother, I want to honor you this morning because this, this whole series, this whole thing, it's tough. It's not easy. Um, I know it weighed on you. I know it's a tough topic. I know there's stereotypes about the church and money, but you took it on head on. You said, no, I'm going to be faithful to the word. I'm going to teach them something. And I think God is glorified in that. So can we give it up for our pastor? For sure, for sure. Well, I just want to share some things that we've got going on here at Renew Church just to keep you guys all in the loop. Um, small groups are winding down. The holiday season is, is here, and so things get kind of crazy and hectic. However, um, I do want to let you know that our small group season will be coming back in January, January 23rd to be exact. And so I want you to start praying about it now. If you've never been a part of a small group, start praying about it now because we truly believe if you're not in a small group, that your, your Renew Church experience, it's just not complete. Like, we love coming here on Sundays. We love worshiping and saying what's up to each other and, and, and hearing a good message. But if it's just this and we're missing that life-to-life, -life, that small group, that, that, that praying for one another and hearing each other's stories and carrying each other's burdens and, and just, man, sharing your dirty laundry and just having people go through life with you and support you and pick you up, man you're, you're, you're just you're missing out on all that the church has to offer all that the body of Christ has to offer so I, I would just encourage you begin to pray about a small group more info will be coming on that and which ones we're going to have and I'm sure that there's one that's perfect for you um, also our Christmas program is approaching that is a a huge deal we're gonna have an amazing program we're gonna actually it's two two nights or, or one night and, and one morning it's gonna be December 17th and the 18th we're believing that this is gonna be a huge just uh, amazing powerful um, uh, service for people to come and enjoy um, but if you want to be a part of it if you want to get involved if you want to maybe be on stage or maybe do uh, be a stagehand or help out with production or or just get involved any which way with this thing you are welcome we we need you we would love for you to be there and just a little added bonus to that if you get involved in the christmas program it's actually a pretty good incentive for you to invite those five people that you have that maybe you wrote down on that card because maybe they wouldn't want to come to church just because 
But if you're involved in the program, they'll come just for you. And that's where Jesus does the rest, right? I mean, that's that's what it's for. So if you want to get involved, you want to be a part of our Christmas program, just reach out to Stephanie. Her number is 305-972-3970. But just come find her after service. Ask her, and she'll be more than happy to share some info with you. Lastly, if you'd like to give to Renew Church, I just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that. The first way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you. And you can drop them off in a bucket on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting give to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for, for this day, God. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that we get to worship you. God, we pray for the offering this morning. God, pray that you would use it. Pray that you would continue to, um, God, just reveal yourself to the people in this community. Continue to build your kingdom. Continue to, to meet needs, oh God. Continue to create change in the city of Miami, Father. God, we love you. We trust you. I pray that you would bless these people, Father, as they worship you and as they trust you in this way, oh God. Father, it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. See you next Sunday.